body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. As always, I'm Ryan Rodosich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Cameron McLaren. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing on this Wednesday evening? Um, I'm doing all right. I don't know. It, it's not a great time to be a Michigan State hockey fan. Transfer portal blowing up right now, so it, I'm, I have no idea. It's just chaos right now, so I'm waiting for the, uh, the aftermath to kind of settle a little bit if it ever does. Yeah, this is just my very busy week, so I have a lot of stuff to do after this podcast, and then it just keeps going, and then, you know, I actually get to call a little bit of uh, USA Hockey Championships uh, this weekend, so I get to go to Kalamazoo and do that, but no, I get to spend five hours at my house, I think, in total this weekend, so we'll we'll figure it out, but no, good-ish day for me, not a very good day for Michigan State in the transfer portal. Yeah, and speaking of that, the season is over, but we still have a lot to talk about. We got some breaking news. Well, not really breaking as of this hour, but it is breaking. And to steal something from Cam, it may be breaking our hearts because there are more names in the transfer portal for uh, MSU skaters. Aiden Gallagher put his name in just today. Uh, Cole Krieger and Christian Krieger, both of their names are in the portal as well. So they may seek out other options. And then good sir, he still has his name in the portal. And Drew DeRitter. He already has found his home destination. He is taking his fifth year to North Dakota. So four Spartans that could be gone. One Drew DeRitter that, you know, was a staple to this team for many, many years. He is gone. So this roster is going to have a lot of turnover in this offseason. Yeah, that that's kind of the tough part right now is you're losing a lot of guys. And that doesn't even say, like, as of right now, who all is going to be added to that list. Um, because I wouldn't necessarily be surprised um, if more people hit the portal in the coming days. Um, but yeah, this is just the, the, the lineup. It's, it, it doesn't look great right now. I'll say that. Um, it's going to be whoever they can get out of the portal um, to fill these spots. It'll be a very different team next year. I will say that. And the other thing is, is that even just putting your name in the portal doesn't mean that you're not coming back. It just means True. that you're exploring your options. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you could be jumping the gun a little bit and, you know, how us as a B are interpreting this. But, you know, it's not essentially fire on the lifeboats right now, but it's it's looking like it's looking bleak. The iceberg is getting close. For some, yes, so the iceberg is very close, and that is a very, very tall iceberg ahead. Mm-hmm. If if that is the case, because this this is it's turning into a all right, you know the little claw machine, right? That you get at the carnival. It's like you just gotta try and pick for what you try to pick. Okay, I want this person in the portal or I want this person to come back on my team, and then all of a sudden it goes down, and you think you got him. No, it just falls through the cracks because that's what that's what the Drew DeRitter news was, was he was supposed to be one of the guys who was allegedly supposed to come back. He was one of the seven that um, Coach Dan Cole had said that he had high hopes of returning. And he goes to North Dakota. He'll be competing in net with Helson. Wouldn't be surprised if one of their goalies hits the portal. Um, I think Helson was a freshman this year. They have one other freshman and then a junior. But... No, good for him. I mean, go go in a ring with uh, North Dakota. At least a NCHC ring, because they're not. I don't. I don't see North Dakota winning a championship. Even then, are they going to win the NCHC? That's a that's a tough conference. It is a tough conference. A tough conference that got I would say the five teams in. Yeah. I mean, I would say we our- say that too. That we would that NCHC would get five teams in. I think so. Yeah, I took the. Oh was, yeah. I think, we said, I think it was the over. The over we put it at like four and a half. I think yeah, we put it set at four and a half, and I think I I said the over. I'm pretty sure. Just so. imagine a conference that gets one automatic qualifier, and then they have four at-large bids. Yeah, and so there are literally only three teams from the NCHC yeah. that didn't make the tournament. I was gonna say eight conference or eight team conference. And I mean, we can go That's through five them. of them. It's kind of funny. It's it was Colorado College, CC. Miami, and Omaha, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Omaha was the better of all of them. Yeah, Omaha was still would be was like a bubble team, anyways. Jeez. 
Imagine where where the tournament would be if Nebraska Omaha was in it right now. I would say kiss uh, Michigan goodbye. Oh my gosh! I would say legitimately. I think the NCHC is probably. I would still say the best conference in college hockey. It's between that and the Big Ten as far as top to bottom talent goes. Yeah, top bottom talent, and I mean, well, the top the top of the Big Ten is pretty top. I mean, yeah, you know the quotation half of, of the half of the Frozen Four is in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's one, one from the NCAA. And then half of all draft eligible and draft pickable players players are on I'm one mid- team. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. There's got to be a stat out there of how many first rounders that Michigan has compared to the I rest was, of the tournament. Oh, okay. <laughs> that well, would have been hilarious to I, find. I already know the answer. Um, at least as far as first rounders, there's seven. Yeah. Um, and there's 13 draft picks on that team total. I don't know how much that compares I mean, to everybody else, though. So. Yeah, I mean, they probably have more than, like, four or five of the teams combined. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, because I think teams like, I think Minnesota State doesn't have that many draft picks, surprisingly. No. But it's the Mavericks, you know. Quintessential Frozen Four team. Yeah. Solid team year in, year out. So, hey, moving on from that, we do have to talk about some additions, some bright spots in the MSU program. MSU did add two skaters for next season. Uh, this news broke a couple days ago, three days Monday, ago or something. Monday. Monday of this week. No, so Tuesday. Tuesday of this week. So, Michigan State adds Gavin Best. He's uh he will come in as a forward or coming as a freshman and a forward. Uh, he stands at six foot two, one eighty pounds, shoots left. He spent the last two seasons with the Minnesota Magicians in the NAHL. He had nineteen goals, thirty three assists, and fifty two points. Or he has that those stats in fifty three games played this season. His season will still continue, so he could add some more points there. And then a little quick snippet from Cole. He said Gavin uses his speed and smarts well to be an effective 200-foot player. So look for Gavin Best to be in the green and white next year. Do you guys have anything on him at all? I mean, I think he's a pretty, like, a relatively big body, too, which helps for some size because that's been an issue with Michigan State. I think last year they were in the bottom 10 in terms of, like, average height, which is not great, um, especially in a conference with teams like Minnesota uh, and all that, and they have, they have some big boys on that team. Um, but. Yeah, uh, some size always helps. Uh, good defense, as get, getting good production all around. There's a lot of needs that this team can uh, needs to have filled, and uh, I mean, hey, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, at six two one eighty, you kind of have to see like, okay, what what kind of frame does set like does Gavin have? Because in that case, you know, like tall but you know maybe not gonna throw the body around as much but i mean if he can make up for it in speed then that's all that matters so no i like the addition of a taller forward um especially because the big 10 is brutal and you can't just you got to use your size to your advantage every now and then you know can't just be small all the time and try to get greasy with it like a griffin lochran can but i mean that's a Griffin Lochran, so I mean it works for him. But I mean another six two four pretty much helps. And if that if Gavin's got speed, then you're good. So moving on, Michigan State added another skater, Justin Jalen. I'm pretty sure Jalen. 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 Okay, Justin Jalen. He's a grad student from Brown University, so he he spent his last four seasons at Brown, and he's taking his fifth year, transferring it to Michigan State. He's a right right winger. He stands at five foot nine, which you'll. You'll hear me say that a lot today. Uh, he's 178 pounds and shoots left. Uh, as an assistant captain in his senior season last year at Brown, he had 10 goals, 7 assists, and 17 points in 30 games played, which was tied for first in goals and led his team in points. Uh, Brown team, that wasn't that good, by the way, if you could make that assumption. He earned second team All-Ivy League honors. And then a little snippet from Cole. Justin brings a veteran presence and will add leadership to our returning corps. And uh, with 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 MSU's right uh, right wing right now, which is oh no, nope, don't want to update that. With uh, MSU's right side or right wing side right now, which is Tanner Kelly, Nico Mueller, Haskins, uh, they could use anything they could get on the right side. So Jalen is a is a really good addition. I I honestly think that this is a really really good pickup, especially with the veteran leadership. Even though it's going to be one year, I really really like this pickup. 
Yeah, I do too. I think he, from what I've seen so far of him, which is admittedly not much, um, but from like the you know the things I have seen about him, you know, second team All Ivy, some decent production at Brown, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some highlights I've seen here and there too. Um, he seems he can score the puck uh, relatively well. So I mean, he's not afraid to shoot that puck either. He's got his goals have all come from some. Uh, what would seem like lower percentage looks, um, but all in all, I've been, I was kind of impressed uh, with what I saw. Hopefully can bring some kind of offensive punch to this team. Definitely be a good depth guy as far as scoring goes that you can find in like the third line and all that. Yeah, you need you need depth scoring and having a guy who's got almost, you know, a full two hands worth of goals in a season is what a Michigan State team needs that is now that is losing, you know. They lost Lewandowski. They, the forwards, you know, very top heavy. They just, they need depth scoring. It's a good sign or a good signing because, I mean, most of the depth forwards on this team this year just didn't even have five goals. So, as far as I see it, another 5 9 forward, am I happy with it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other people in the portal that you could also get to, but. We'll go through that in a little bit, but to me, it, veteran leadership, depth scoring, that's what they need on this team because you lose a guy like Lewandowski, you lose the veteran leadership, but you also lose a lot of points. A lot of points. Yeah, that hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, like you were saying, depth scoring is going to be the big thing, I think, that they're going to have to hammer on in the portal. Deep what, water depth scoring. Like, yeah. The, Deep water, oh yeah. Because the way Michigan State is set up right now, they don't have the star that can carry an offense on that team. Um, They have some guys that can, you know, put up some decent numbers and contribute. I think Tucker will take a step next year. Um, And, you know, some guys like Davidson and Middendorf and people like that, are they are goal scorers, so to speak, but they're not like the guys that are going to carry an offense, um, especially in the Big Ten. So the way they're going to have to set their lineup up is they're going to have to focus on depth. So like pretty much every line is an equal threat to score, as opposed to if I'm looking at the complete opposite of this of this spectrum, I'll think back to the team we reference a lot on this pod still. Uh, the Wisconsin squad of the 2020-21 season um, where you could just throw out like Caulfield, Weisbach, and Holloway, I think was the mm-hmm. big three, right? Um, you could just throw out that three pretty much out there and they would that, that line alone would get you three goals a game. Um, so it's gonna, they have to do the opposite. They're going to have to be one, of, be one of those teams where it's like not, no, no like glaring strengths but no glaring weaknesses either. It's just going to have to be a well-rounded kind of team if they're going to want to plot wins. So that is all in the breaking news segment. That was all kind of breaking breaking news to the pod, at least, because we haven't been able to update that information. Actually, no, there is there is a, still a little bit more breaking news that we missed that I uh, put towards the bottom here. I'm going to definitely scroll down and say that. So yeah, Things that have happened since yeah, we last spoke. It's, it's hard to think because you know, we haven't done a pod in a couple weeks. But things that have happened since the last podcast, MSU is not renewing uh, Joe Exter's contract. So the 43-year-old who has served as goalies coach and a uh, head recruiting coordinator, maybe? He was just an assistant coach was his title, but he did kind of handle most of the recruiting things. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did a lot of recruiting. So he spent all five years under Danson Cole as a goalies coach and recruiting coordinator, and now he is out, and this is most likely the only coaching changes we'll see, but that is big news. A new coach will be behind the bench for the boys next season, so Joe Exter is out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, needed. Um, some kind of fresh face, um, especially just with the rosters we've seen Michigan State put out recently. Um, they've just kind of been outclassed by talent. Like pretty much by, especially by, you know, your Michigans and Minnesotas of the world, but like by pretty much every other team in the Big Ten, too, to at least some extent. Um, yeah, they haven't been able to keep up in terms of talent. So it makes sense that, you know, if you're going to start anywhere in terms of providing a fresh face, um, it would make sense to axe the guy that, <laughs> that was supposed to be in charge of most of the recruiting of that team. You got anything on it, Cam? No. I mean, just get somebody in that's 
either going to help Cole with recruiting or figure out, you know, how to fix this team. The one thing that I'm a little sad about is I always looked as Joe Exer is mainly the coach guy. I knew he did like a little bit of recruiting, but didn't know his role that much. I'm sad that he's out as a goalies coach because the way he he's uh, taken to Ritter and Charleston, it's just like it seems like he's doing a great job. I don't know if that's him in general or, you know, an assistant coach helping out, but seems like he did a great job there. But he's out. So there will be a new coach behind the bench for MSU next season. Hmm, interesting. Lots of change. Lots of change. That is going to be the theme of this episode. Yep. So that will end the quote-unquote breaking news segment in this podcast. But we still got still got a lot more to talk about. And some other team news. There were a lot of mid-season signees that we I don't think we ever got to. May have talked about them for a little bit. But just want to circle back since it's, you know, end of the season. We got time to do it now. So... I don't, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys want to read the uh, the second and third one? I'll take the first one at this point, so I don't have to do all the talking. I mean, sure. I mean, I can talk about most of these guys. I'll talk. I can talk about the first one, probably in depth the most. Yep. He's the guy I've spent the most time researching. Go right ahead. Um, just because, as of right now, um, the Michigan State blue line for next year is not looking great. Ooh. Um. So, well, well I'll give some context for this. Uh, there are. Michigan State now, with the transfer, of, uh, with the addition of Aiden Gallagher to the portal, Michigan State only has five defensemen for next year. That there are two that are proven contributors to the lineup in David Gucciardi and Nash Neenhouse. After him, you have uh, the, the only other two defensemen that were on last year's team, Powell Connor, who had did not score a single point last season. Just a defenseman, defenseman there. I guess. Uh, and then Cal Dibas, who has played in one game in the past two seasons. So, and then the only other person on that roster is a freshman, the guy I'm going to be talking about now, Matt Basgall, um, who, while he does look good, and uh, the numbers do help a lot, uh, the, the numbers are very impressive, he is also undersized. He's 5'9", 179. And as a defenseman, that's not great. Um, generally speaking, undersized defensemen don't, fair the greatest it's not it's not ideal i should say um but i mean there are cases of it obviously working even at michigan state first player i think of as, as an undersized defenseman is tory krug um but then again um I'll look at we'll look at some exact stats for you um this season he's been fantastic right now um as a defenseman, he's currently uh, running at like pretty much near point per game, point per game pace. He has thirty nine points in forty six games so far in the USHL. Um, in his plus minus has also been nuts. Um, he has, he's operating at a plus twenty one rating on the season, uh, which definitely the numbers speak well. But once again, there's a lot of questions. You know, will that translate? Um, we'll have to see. The talent's obviously there. Just my my only. Uh, Pause, the only thing that would ever give me pause about that kind of production, especially from a defenseman, is just the size. Um, so, but we'll have to see. Once again, um, undersized defensemen have performed very well, um, or can can has still have the potential to be good. It just all depends on how things shake out. Like, I mean, Dennis Asano was what five eleven last year, and he was arguably Michigan State's best defenseman, um, at least for a good chunk of the season. So, like I said, it all just depends, but. Basgal, I think, is definitely the most uh, intriguing of the of these three incoming freshmen. For Basgal or Basgal, God, I'm murdering every single name on this podcast. Today. I really hey, don't know. I just said Basgal because it's I don't know. I just kind of hey, they're all they're all new guys. We'll learn their names, Eventually. you know, when time comes when we get some calls in. But some other extra stats on him: uh, he was named Omaha's. Jack's Jack Forbes defenseman of the year last year in 2020-2021 and then little snippets from Cole he's got a strong defensive stick has excellent stick skills and on ice awareness and he generates the breakout well he has the agility at offense agility at the offensive blue line and smooth release creates offense okay these notes are kind of scuffed definitely should have <laughs> proofreaded these a little bit but uh he plays in all special team situations as well so from what we hear from Cole 
seems like a great addition. But also the the five foot nine as a defenseman, I'm not really too worried about that. I'm worried about more the builds where you have to you know push people with your legs and your body. The fact that he's 179 as a five foot nine skater, I'm fine with that. I don't think he's going to be you know abused or anything because he's just a two inches shorter or 10 pounds lighter. I I think he'll fit just fine, especially coming in as a freshman with that. He's got room to grow. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, so moving on, number two, uh, second signing, I think, at the fall signing window. Daniel Russell comes in as a freshman center, 5'9", 153, a left-handed shot. Uh, spent the last two seasons at Sioux Falls and just put up quite, quite good numbers so far this season. 15 goals, 19 assists, 34 points in 51 games for the Stampede. Um, and he's an assistant captain there, so another one of those, you know, if you need leadership on a line per se, you know, you got it with him. And then from Cole, he's a good two-way forward, plays fast, and is constantly in pursuit of the puck, so good puck presence. Strong stick around the net, helps generate goals, and then effective on the penalty kills. So kind of shores up, you know, the loss of Mitchell Matson on the penalty kill. You can throw... Daniel Russell in there, and then, you know, maybe he's just a smaller Jagger Joshua-type guy with the strong stick around the net, you know, just work his way into tight areas and go from there. But, no, good signing for this Michigan State team. I'm a little bit skeptical, once again, on the build. At 5'9", 153, is that like a Jordan Bennington soaking wet 153 or like? I legit don't know. (laughs) So, for me, that's just – bulking season possibly over the summer because hit that new you weight do, room you do mm-hmm. need to be able to work um work your way in front of the net if you're going to play center especially in the big 10 you got to learn how to get greasy goals you can't they can't all be pretty and with the way that michigan state plays they are not going to be most likely pretty at all so get your greasy goals but that comes with you know good upper body strength to maneuver around people and then you know good good footwork to Work your way around some crafty defensemen that this league has. Oh, if you're curious, by the way, um, about the whole Jordan Bennington thing, Jordan Bennington is 174 pounds. Soaking wet. Well, this is what's listed on the on the roster. He's not. He's, he's, no. He's the lightest player on the Blues by like a pound. Him and Jordan Kyrou are both very, are about 175-ish. But other than that, yeah, it's, that, that's what, that's what the, uh, that's what the athletic says, at least. They always get it wrong. <laughs> so, so moving on. I was gonna say we're moving nowhere. <laughs> we're, with this. Well, I'm we're, just. I'm we're, gonna. We're this is on. my one example of JJ Barea was not five eight, as he was listed on the Dallas Mavericks program. He was five six on a good day. It was completely wrong. Never mind. I, I could open up a whole can of worms about that kind of stuff, but we're not. We're just gonna move on. It's okay. MSU Hockey Podcast, exactly. I think. We're getting back there. But uh, the last fall signee that we got to talk about is Tiernan Shouty. Shouty? Yes. That has to be right. I have it to It is. That. Yeah. So Tiernan is a uh, coming to MSU as a freshman, of course. He's a forward, yet another five foot nine skater. He's 176 pounds and shoots left. So uh, that's the fourth five foot nine skater we've talked about today is new to MSU, but... He's been on uh, the Des Moines Buccaneers for three seasons. He got traded to Youngstown Phantoms in this season where he's put up nine goals, 12 assists, 21 points, and 39 games played. So nothing that'll jump off the stat sheets, but solid nine goals, 12 assists. We'll take it. From Cole, he's got a high hockey IQ. He's a 200-foot player who controls the pace of play, which allows him to set his line mates up for scoring opportunities. He's got a quick release and active stick around the net, makes him a scoring threat. And he shows willingness to go to the hard areas and score to score and prevent goals. So all all in all, from you know what Cole said, of course, Cole's gonna talk highly on these guys, but you know, puts a little smile on my face and can't wait to welcome in, him into the green and white. Anything else on him, gentlemen? Not necessarily. I mean it once again, he I think Shouty's gonna be more kind of a depth guy for the team. Yeah. Um I mean you can always say the same things that we've said for the past two of you know, uh, the five nine does re- is kind of a red flag, so to speak, um, in any D one hockey player. Um, but I mean, all in all, I you know the whole, you know, a good two way player, you know, is always a positive. Um, 
once again, I just want to see more guys that are like legitimate scoring threats on this team. Uh, just for a team, or you know, given the way things have always gone the past couple of years, um, you always want that kind of player that's like a threat to kind of score at any moment. Um, so, but once again, players like Shadi are probably just going to be good, solid depth pieces. Aren't necessarily going to you know go, contend to lead the Big Ten in scoring or anything like that. But um, I don't know, good player. We'll see. What, we'll see what comes up of him. I wonder if he turns out to be kind of the Jesse Tucker of that class. You know, maybe somebody that shines out a little bit because they're able to set up their teammates. So, I mean, take a look at the additions that Michigan State has. You got a guy like J- uh, Jalen. 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 Yep. That's going to be, I'm going to mess that up. So Not gonna lie. When I read that, I thought it was a typo when I saw it on Twitter. Of, oh, you saw the pronunciation. Well, no, I was uh, looking at it. I just thought, like, I straight up looked at him, like, is, did I read that right? Like, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought his last name was just Allen. Um, and then like, I, no how Jay. dare you? Well, I was like, I was reading the, I was reading the Justin, and I'm like, wait, I thought I just read it as like Justin Allen because it's like the J was above the, the what, the last name, whatever. Um, I don't know. I just I misread it. I thought it was a typo, honestly. But I mean, you you have a guy like Jalen that can score, and then you have a guy like Shouty that can set up people. I mean, who's to say that you know you don't have a? Let's see how to put this the right way. A less standout e line of Jalen and Shouty on the same line together as like a you know Middendorf Tucker Davidson line, because that line jumps out at you. Yeah. And then, you that's, know. That's going to be the first line for next year. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, it's kind of hard to, when you're listening to a podcast, kind of hear all these things and make a general scope of it. So, we'll try to do the best right now. So, MSU will most likely lose three forwards in uh, Goodser, Matson, and Lewandowski. Uh, three D-men in Susanna, both of the Kriegers. And then Drew DeRitter is already off to ND, so Spartans will most likely lose seven guys. And right now they've added five, but they're still looking to add a lot more. I think we've already passed that too, because you don't think you mentioned Gallagher either. The, oh shoot, I did no, I did not mention Gallagher. That was the one. Yeah, I so if we put every, if so we, it's four defensemen. Yeah, if we yep, put everything so together, it's, it's they've lost what, three forwards. So what? Good sir, Lewandowski. Good sir, Matson and Matson, Lewandowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right now Cole and Christian are in the portal. Gallagher as well. Gallagher as well. So there's six. six and then Sasana left as well. He's got that pro contract. Gone for so sure. there's yep. seven. And then DeRitter's gone, so there's eight. Yep. And the ones at the portal can still come back, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, but, that, but that also goes two ways, too. More players could leave. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The offseason is just starting. Yeah. Are we going to do the whole kick caboodle of like, all right, here here we go. Here, do I do it? Do me and Jacob get to go now? I mean, let's just do it. Let's go right ahead. So I mean, the yeah. whole the whole thing of that final press conference was that jumped out the most was Dan Cole basically saying they they're gonna go to the portal. They have to, um, and they're gonna get a lot of names. Jalen is one of possibly five, maybe six players they can get in the portal. So Jacob, the number I had in that uh, quote even said anywhere up to eleven. Yeah, but that's 11 new faces. True, there's only true. four signees plus one transfer as of this moment. So there's six more yeah. players. And we have, I mean, me and Jacob did this, the math earlier. If that's the case, you have five people, five or six people. You need one goalie. You need, at that point, one forward and three defensemen if it's only five. Or you could do two and two. Because if you do two and two and one goalie, you'll have three goalies, seven defensemen, and 16 forwards? Yes. Is that counting, Berger? That would that would count Berger, yes. Okay, so 17, or no, yes, 16 there. Or if it's 11, you th- I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in an extra forward or an extra defenseman. They need the two, extra Two, three, defenseman. and one. Wait, no, I lied. Sorry, that would not count Berger. Sorry. That's not counting Berger? Okay, so you can count anywhere between another forward, three defensemen, or two defensemen and two forwards, and then a goalie. So, Jacob. Jacob. Let's go through our little little spreadsheet here of people we believe 
are good quality targets for Michigan State. This is just also a go. preview of Jacob Stinson's transfer portal piece, which will be coming out at... Probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Ooh, probably. Um, so if you're listening see, to this, it should be up. The, t- the tough part about it is... It's just such an ever-changing topic because yes. I started this. I started this article before Gallagher entered, um, and now I think I have to add the Kriegers into this. And now, uh, and more players are entering the portal. There's some that I'm adding to this article that and I like. And there's going to be at least another, comparatively speaking, on the 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 spreadsheet that we are using right now. As of right now, there's 164 names in it. And last year portal. it had over 300. And the season's not even over. There's still no, four there's teams still that need to teams. play. So. Barring the Michigans, the Denvers, the Minnesotas, and the Minnesota State kids that could possibly transfer, and a lot of the Ivy League kids that are trying to figure out when they're going to graduate. Um, Jacob, goalies first. Who are we looking at? So you know, there's obviously the uh, the the guys at the top of the list, like at the in terms of like state percentage, like the top guys in the portal. Um, Michigan State's probably not going to get because. One thing I I'm t- I talk about in this article, it's very important to understand the situation that mi- like the exactly what situation these potential transfer goalies would be getting themselves into. Because keep in mind, while Deritter is gone, Pierce Charleston's still there. So whatever goalie they bring in is not going to be like the the one the the definitive number one goalie um, on a team. No, and with some of the people that they have in the the pipeline going further, yeah, you, you're you're essentially renting a player at this point. I right. would I, because there's a guy who's not signed, and I wouldn't expect him to come this year or sign for this year. Um, Luca De Pasqua, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, so he's in but, the pipeline for this Michigan State team. Yes, and with another extra year of eligibility given to Charleston as well, so Charleston could be here for another three years. Right, so I, the, so what you're looking for at least is yeah a goalie to fill that goalie. to fill that gap. So that's also something that, that that eliminates another chunk of those. So like there's some guys that like you know well you say oh from just plainly from a distance like this guy would be nice to have on the team. Like some of the guys I looked at at the top of the portal in terms of like say percentages, uh, TJ Seventhenfelter of Northeastern um, was really good in a limited playing time he had he played in eight games this year uh but had a 934 save percentage and 205 goals against that's pretty good um and then you have other goalies that were pretty much in similar situations to deritter last year of being a good goalie putting up some good stats on a bad team uh the biggest com- or the best parallel i can find for that is kyle mcclellan from uh from uh mercyhurst um and he put up an, a 932 uh on a not good mercyhurst team um, but even then, like though, and he still has three years of eligibility left, yeah. but like those kinds of guys they're they are not going to want to come to Michigan state for, because there's a Charleston in that. And yeah. there's also a John Moore that is also there. But the thing is, is we're, we are basically saying this is Pierce Charleston. It's Pierce Charleston's net to lose. Right. My and also, you, you my, want a guy that's halfway complacent or halfway, you know, competent to be able to take over the net for when he's out. It's essentially like writing a hot hand of a goaltender in the playoffs. Right. So um, so when I when I look at that too, once again, even once again, those top guys also, because they're gonna be they're gonna want to take do what Dritter did. Be the number one guy, or at least go to if if they're doing that, they're gonna want to go to a good like a competing team. Like Deritter's going to North Dakota. I expect McClellan to upgrade to a very good school, yeah. a better school, Mercyhurst. And I'll kind of um, go off a little bit on here because we're going to talk about the one player that obviously could have been the biggest, you know, hit of the transfer portal. If you're looking to rent a goalie, you'd look no further than Mitch Benson, who had one year of eligibility remaining, played in 71 games, and had the bet had the third best goals against average and save percentage out of all out of um, players with one year of eligibility, and he went to Boston College. Right. And then next up on that list is DeRitter, and then behind him is Austin Roden from formerly of Omaha. He's going to Providence. Right. So if you take a look at that, so that the top is guys three, disappearing. that's three players with two or less years of eligibility going to programs that are actually very good. Boston right. College is going to be competing for 
a hockey what is it, hockey east? Are they in hockey east? Yeah, they're hockey east. So they didn't both of the Boston teams did not have the best of years because UMass Lowell just went nutty. But I mean, you take a look, BC, North Dakota, and Providence, those are very good teams. And where they were coming from, Colgate, Michigan State, and Omaha, not necessarily the best teams that didn't have the best of years. So next up on that list is a guy I think that you put on the list, right? Um, yeah, so after that, after those others that have committed, so the top guys are already gone. We've established that. Um, so as far as the one-year rentals on this list, there are two that still put up some decent numbers. Um, so first one is Gustavs, uh, Davis, and Grigals. I could be completely butchering that name. Uh, Goy from Alaska has one year left. Had a 9-1-2 save percentage and a 2-5-9 goals against average in 61 games played um, up in Fairbanks. So he's a, he's one guy that could do that. Um, another one, former Vermont Catamount, uh, Tyler Harmon, 31 games played, has one year of eligibility left, a 2.78 goals against average, and a 9.09 save percentage, but uh, played on a not good Vermont team uh, with a 3.19-3 record in net. But yeah. once again, that's the stats. That record does not tell the whole story. That Vermont team was not good. And in in that point, you would probably take Gregal's. Yeah, I that would be the best case scenario for a Michigan State team. Now, mind you, I don't know what his playing style is like. I don't know where he was essentially on that team, because there's one person in here on this portal, um, or on this on this list that a lot of people would probably be like, "Oh, get him!" You know, get him. He's fellow in conference, plays halfway decently, has just under a 500 record. And his name is Oscar Audio. But let me tell you this. He's not coming here. No. He he will not come to Michigan State because uh, he, he doesn't want to be a Saturday night guy or a, fri- or a Friday night guy. He wants to be a Saturday night guy. He wants to be able to take over a net somewhere because they gave the reins to Soulier and he's gone. look what happened. He's gone. So... So everybody out there, Oscar Audio, I would be very surprised. I would be shocked. I would be bewildered Befuddled. if he is in a green and white sweater next year. So consensus pick, Gustav's Grigals. That would be target number one. I, th- I don't know. Because once again, that once you get past um, Harmon. Then you start running into the threes. As far as far yeah. as rentals go, that's when you get into guys with in with goals against averages in the threes and sub ninety say percentages. Yeah, sub nine hundreds. Which generally speaking, you're gonna want to avoid. So let's move on from there and we'll talk a little bit about skaters. This is where things get very interesting because there's two names in the portal that Michigan State has seen they got a little bit of film on. So do you want to Rent a Red Hawk? Would you, Jacob? Mm. I would personally. Um, maybe double. And up. Just, just name who they are because they are some very good players who are at the top of this list. Yeah, as far as total like points scored in their careers, they each have one year of eligibility left, which once again we've established is fine because we're playing the rent a player game right now. Um, God, I love playing this. This, <laughs> this, is, this, this is, is the best game all year. What it's scenario will happen? <laughs> it's basically filling out your Christmas list and giving it to Santa and hoping uh, Coach Santa Cole just decides to uh, um, grant you those wishes. Ooh, that was good there. I see that. Um, but regardless, the the first one we're talking about, I was he the captain last year? Yes, he was. Uh, defenseman Derek Dashke of the Miami Redhawks. Um, and in his career, he has played 133 games um, with 24 goals, 61 points for, or 61 assists for 85 points. That is just nasty. That is. From a defense, that is disgusting. Pretty good. Uh, and only 40 pen- penalty minutes. <laughs> that is huge. We've As had some, MSU defenseman. I was going to say, there's been some issues in the huge. past with MSU defensemen and penalty minutes. Yeah. Um, so if you could get one I could that give doesn't you an exact number, too. Exact exact number of who it is, or exact number of how many minutes? Because <laughs> probably uh, I both. T- I can tell you this today: that one Christian Krieger, who I wrote about today, had 207 penalty minutes in his career. See, this transfer portal spreadsheet is telling me 205, but once again, that's uh, it's significant. Oh, yeah, it says it it's right the on only pl- it's the only player above 200 penalty minutes in the portal. Um, the next closest um, 
has to be his brother. It's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> the next closest after. I've seen 109. Uh, That's oh, what wait, I no. saw. So uh, Cole has 133. Christian has 205. Um, I, I think that's... Yeah, I'm seeing 109. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'm only seeing ones in the 10-somethings. I'm not but seeing anything else close. Go, going back close. to Dashkey, Dashkey was the captain of that Red Hawk team. And not to mention, like, yes, they didn't do too well in the NCHC. That That's just... It's also the NCHC. It's also the NCHC. But to me, they've got film on them. And you're talking about a... Michigan State team that has three juniors going into next season and one sophomore and one freshman coming in. Mm. Why not get somebody that's got senior leadership abilities who can score? You're essentially putting in a taller Dennis Asana. And I I use that loosely because I don't think um, – Dashkey has the playmaking ability that Sasana has. I was gonna say, yeah, give some um, respect to Sasana right there. But I will yeah. say this: the leadership aspect, because I mean, Michigan State's lost three senior blue liners as of this moment in time. You need somebody who's got a leadership ability who can take some people under his wing, especially since Cal Dibus has only played one game. So, yes, he's a junior, but he's only played one game. Game film or game time scenarios are very different than practice scenarios. So I think getting somebody like him would be striking gold at this moment in time. But as the way the portal works, I would not be surprised if he goes to a, top, a higher end team. I wouldn't a be top, surprised a, at all. A higher yeah. end team. A bargaining, a bargaining chip though, possibly that MSU could have in their back pocket. Uh, Derek Dashke is from Troy. There we go. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily maybe, matter because maybe, maybe come back and play for his own home state. For, no, just you, for you know what year, he might buddy? do? He come might just spite over. spite them oh. and go to Michigan, take the place of Nick Blankenberg because that guy's been there for how long? Or Luke Hughes or someone like that. Is he going to go to the show anytime soon? Yeah, that's the other thing. Is how, <laughs> is what's he? the roster turnover looking like for Michigan? Yeah, we'll find out in about two weeks. Yeah, Nine, I guess. once the frozen uh, four April ninth is when it ends. Yeah. Yeah. But then moving on, the guy right below him in terms of, because this list is based out of points, Greasock. Chase Greasock, forward, one year of eligibility left, 99, 99 games, 73 points, 35 of those coming as goals. Also from my end. That, that is, if you can get a one-two punch, you better have a dang good sales pitch. Because that just shores up point production on the blue line and point production on the top end he easily slides in as a second line if you wanted to and it gives somebody you know it puts in the pressure for people to perform at practice you know it and it like who's to say that you don't get a few freshmen in that don't play but because you have a guy like chase greasock come in like well, that's just it's also worth noting too when you look at greasock's stats um on the season he, he had nine goals 10 assists 19 points which, decent numbers as is, it also helps to mention he only played in 21 games this year. Okay, I was going to say 36 games played or 21. 21. Yeah, so it yeah, so was a near point per game. Yeah, it was almost a point per game kind of guy. So that that would be a huge shot in the arm to Michigan State. Those would be huge additions. And but, I mean, that was the same yeah. thing with the addition of Griffin Lochran last year was the addition of a almost point per game player because Griffin mm-hmm. Lochran was a .67 or a .63 per game player. Actually, it might have been higher. So was, yeah. that would be those would be two grade A additions. But I mean, me and Jacob took a little gander at this list. So that shores up. We're gonna go through two more players. Okay. I, I one defenseman and one forward. And the one forward is kind of a stretch for me. But the defenseman, the lake the Lake State kid. Go for it, Jacob. Jacob Nordquist? Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean he one of the thing that I picked about out, out of him when I was looking at his stats um on in his career uh the thing that jumped out the most to me he's got some good production already um he has 62 career points 138 games played but on his career he's at a plus 28 rating uh in terms of plus minus so he's not so that's my thing is he can kind of contribute a little bit on 
uh, on both ends of the ice. But the plus minus is always a, is a good stat. I like to evaluate for defensemen and kind of defensemen only. Um, but yeah, I, I look up the exact measurements too, but I think he's relatively bigger. Could beef up that blue line a little bit too. But um, once again, that's one of those guys where it's like, if you can get some good contributions from everyone on the ice, once again, that's kind of my th- like vision I would have for this team. Um, oh, never mind. I was wrong about the size thing. He's five nine. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm at, I'm confused. Yet another five nine. I'm confusing. I'm confusing him with someone else that's in this article as well that I'm not going to tell the name of uh, because you'll have to read it when it comes out. Ooh, a little teaser. But um, regardless, though, it's one of those things. If you, the, my vision for this team pretty much is, once again, you're not going to be the team that you know you can give the puck to. Luke Hughes or Mackie Samoskevich or Matty Beniers or whoever, whatever lottery pick you want to give it to, um, and have that person say, Oh, this person carry the offense for the night, or um, just you know, which, which one of our lottery picks do you want to score on you now? Um, you, you're gonna have to have a depth lineup of got of saying, you know, the goals can come from anybody on any given night. And they might not be pretty goals, but once again, any, they can come from anywhere. And that's going to be the, the way that this team's going to have to be constructed. And I think Nordquist would be one of those additions to a team that's trying to do something like that. And then lastly, this one, I'm just doing it for a gander. I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Mm. Another 5'9 forward. No, this not time the 5'9. Hailing from that university down, way down south down the road. It's the University of Notre Dame. Cameron Burke is in the portal. And his stats aren't that good. But I mean, it's a it's a guy who has played well against Michigan State. Michigan State has played well against his teams. I think it's 15 and 15 for a grand total of spanking 30 points oh it just logs me off of the portal spreadsheet in 120 games just got back there which makes him at a 0.25 point per game player which is better than a lot of people on i think michigan state's roster so true yeah you're not you're, you're not striking gold with getting that irishman but you may get a few silver dollars here I think it's also worth mentioning, too, um, looking at his stats for this year, um, he finished with 19 of his 30 career points all came this past season. Uh, Ooh, okay. That's a good pick there, Cam. Last season had 38 games played, uh, 8 goals, 11 assists, 19 points. Um, I will note um, his offense, kind similar to Michigan State, could be a match made in heaven, uh, kind of seemed to fall off the cliff towards the end of the season. he had about three points after January nineteenth to the end to to the end of the season. Yeah, but it's Notre Dame, it's a, man. Just, it's Notre Dame. They win Nobler. those slow scoring games, and not to mention, Cam Burke is majoring in film, television, what? and theater. Not to mention, fits in perfectly. What is this? Fits in perfectly at, at Michigan State's College of Communication Arts and Sciences. You want to yeah. go make films? You want to be in film, television, or theater, Mr. Burke? Michigan State's got a program just for you. We got to send this to him. We got to send <laughs> this, this spot. This, this is our recruiting pitch now. Cam, come yes. <laughs> we're taking. We're the ones that are hired to take over Joe Extra. I, actually. Putting the student in student athlete. <laughs> I know why you chose him, Cam. He's got the same name as you. Of course you would choose him. Oh, he's also in finance. Go to Broad, my guy, too. There you go. That works. Yes, the cams connect. Um, moving on though, um, I think that that's all I wanted to talk about because yeah, I don't want to get too far into the re- your yeah, say, If you really want to get into the weeds, um, once again, wait till that article comes out. We will get, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, things that need to be addressed. Players that could possibly come out. Um, you know, there's the guys where like the dash keys and the grease socks where it's like, those are the kind of shooting for the stars. And like, if they can land, if Michigan State can land those guys, it's like, and that that's the kind of striking gold um at there and then some guys that they have a higher chance of actually landing um too is I'm going to include there and not to mention this is just as of this is just speculation you know, too March 30th there's a long summer ahead of everybody mm-hmm. and the long portal is only going to get wilder 
Correct. Insert the uh, the theme music from the Twilight Zone just right here. Just I was going to say, yeah, we're only about, what, halfway through the transfer portal? Oh, like, yeah. Turn those, like, oh, it's just what you getting said, you said started. There, you said oh, there was, yeah. Yeah, I was say because Cam said, what, you said last year there's about 300-something players that entered yeah, the portal? Yeah, but that was, you know, COVID year plus extra year of COVID year eligibility plus one-time transfer window. So. I mean, you also were looking at the, you know, the looking at, comparing this to literally every other college sport as well. It, the transit portal is not slowing down anytime soon. Oh, heck no. So I wouldn't, to think that it would any in any fashion regress from like in terms of like number of people going into it, um, I don't see happening. I wouldn't be surprised to see another 75 to 100 names on that list. Yeah, definitely. So yep. it'll be interesting. Get, get your, uh, like, get the popcorn ready. Yeah, get the popcorn ready. Mom made pizza rolls. Oh, yeah. It, it's, that's the thing with this. It can go. One or two, one of two directions. They could strike gold with, you know, it's like the your socks, dash keys, whatever. Uh, or you may turn- be scrummaging up copper to give to the, I was gonna the say, local recycling mill. I was going to say, you could be, uh, you could pull a Mel Tucker out of this and yes. in a single season turn your team into a contender. Or you can kind of, and, and you can get the popcorn to watch the show for that. Or you can get the popcorn to watch as everything just crashes and burns around you. Like the Seattle Kraken. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hey, they had it coming for him after that expansion draft. But, I mean, hey, you know, the only reason we're talking about Transfer Portal is because we're in the dog days of the postseason because we haven't really talked about, you know, what happened in the postseason. Yeah, because Michigan State's not been in it. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they haven't been in it for a while. True. So, yeah, Michigan wins the Big Ten. Yep. Unfortunately for all of us who didn't pick Michigan to win the Big Ten – um, so they get the automatic qualifier. They were one of three ish. Yeah. Three big 10 teams to make it into the NCAA championships, which as of right now, two of them are in the final four, two of them are in the frozen so the four. Three. So shout out to the Minnesota golden Gophers and a small shout out to the Michigan. Wolverines. Nah, we don't need to give a shout out to them and nah. a shout out to the Denver pioneers and the Minnesota state Mavericks. Those are your frozen four. We, tweeted out our own brackets mm-hmm. and um who'd have thunk it ryan hey. absolutely fumbled the bag oh i got two out of my four final four teams still alive what do you mean Cam? yeah but it doesn't matter ryan can only get six points oh I, you did I the gave, math oh, i gave come one on. point for a victory for every <laughs> round and ryan picked let me just pull this up real quick. Ryan was bold. Yeah, yeah, I was Ryan really bold. had two was, out of the four correctly. He had, I was fully thinking March Madness when I predicted that. So he had Denver and Minnesota State correct, but he picked the Broncos of Western Michigan who had never won a NCAA hockey tournament game until they beat Northeastern. He picked them to go to the national semifinals. And he I also have good picked- reason. I have the Bobcats of Quinnipiac. Mm -hmm. And sorry, Ryan, your run ends there. But wait, wait, wait. I got I got to give my good reason for Western Michigan. I texted it to you guys. It's because UMass won last year. Zoomass is their common nickname. Western Michigan is in Kalamazoo. See the zoo connection. I thought it was just going to like I thought they were literally just going to hand the trophy over to Western Michigan and it was going to. See, that's what I was going for, man. That's you know, you know who even had a bolder Western analysis. Michigan take? Um, future hockey beat reporter Matt Merrifield, um, who was in my Twitter mentions trying to tell me that, um, quote, if the Peacocks can win, so can AIC. Also, Western is a team of destiny, and they're winning it all. Um, so picking team Western, destiny. so picking Western for the national championship, and picking AIC to upset Michigan first round. I mean, they were close. I, they were close I, I, until like I, yeah, the first few minutes. Yeah, but, I'm actually uh, really excited to get him on the pod next year. <laughs> it's a free dub. Yeah, you're not done with me. Yeah. From where it's going, right? From where it's going, the uh, <laughs> the pickums might get a little easier. Yeah, and then so I did the math on Jacobs. Jacob got three out of four correctly in the Frozen Four. He also picked the Bobcats of Quinnipiac to beat Michigan. They did not. They did not. But they did not. what saved him the most was picking Minnesota, who made a very good Minnesota. run after beating Zumas. Then they beat Western Michigan. I was going to say 
something about that, but I couldn't really figure figure that the out. Zoo. But no, he p- correctly picked Minnesota as of right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's my bracket, which I'm at nine points technically to Jacob's ten, but we can technically finish. I think both. I think both of us can technically finish at twelve. If you're just doing a point yes, per game, because he Jacob picked Quinnipiac over Denver. Which is not going to happen because Quinnipiac can't beat Denver because Quinnipiac's not in the Final Four. Right. Or they're, or they're not in the Frozen Four. Um, so he can get two more points if Minnesota State wins at all. I can get three points because I'm down by one if Minnesota State wins at all and Denver beats Michigan. So, there is a way in which I beat Jacob and that only that's only if Denver beats Minnesota State in the National Championship which would be sweet poetic justice for me after losing very badly in the pickums. Yes. So let me think. So my only, my first round L's that I had. Um, Notre Dame over North Dakota. I had Notre Dame over North, or I, I had North Dakota beating Notre Dame, and I had um, Tech beating Minnesota Duluth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I and then Quinnipiac I had beating Michigan. So those are my, own, those are my well, only predictions I've had wrong so far. One, two, three. But I had Quinnipiac four, going to the national championship seven. and losing to Minnesota State. Yeah, I saw. But regardless, all though, year, Mankato winning the whole thing. All year, that Quinnipiac defense, I I trust them. That like, was my thing. I was. Oh man, that's the I reason, trust defense in tournaments. That's the reason I picked the both of them was defense wins championship. Quinnipiac mm-hmm. it ha, has a great defense and has lost six games all season. Like pretty much best. I, I would say best this defense. Wrong. And then in Minnesota State has the best goal again, Division One hockey. Ah, uh, yeah. So once again, I picked them. So I picked I picked Dryden McKay to win the whole thing. So hey, why not? I mean, this is still for fun. But you guys ready to pick a winner between Michigan and Denver on the left side, and then Minnesota and Minnesota State, the battle for Minnesota on the right side. You guys want to pick a little winner here? I'm taking uh, if I'm redoing this now with my final four yeah, predictions. Yeah. I'm taking Minnesota State over Michigan in the finals. Mm, Cam, who you got? Minnesota State over Denver. I'm sticking with it. And since both of my teams I picked in the finals will not be there, the one the ones that would be alive, ironically, would have been uh, or the ones that are alive on my bracket are ironically Denver and Minnesota State. But I'm going to go opposite of Denver. I'm going to say Michigan because they gave me some points on the uh, Big Ten tournament back a couple weeks ago and they won that. So give me Michigan to beat Denver, give me Minnesota State to beat Minnesota, and then Michigan, sadly taking it all. Horribly, tragically, maybe taking it all. I think my my original take I had, um, or when I was making my bracket originally, I was operating under the general assumption I have of University of Michigan athletics, um, which is can look very good during the regular season, but then tends to just completely fall apart when the games Fumble actually start mattering. But when when the games start actually mattering, they they have some trouble with the snap um, or what something like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think now Michigan's kind of proved they're they're legit this year. Um, this team is very good. I my only thing is Minnesota State's better, and I mm-hmm. when it when it comes to who am I picking to go get me a win, uh, and go get me a national championship, I am picking Dryden McKay before I'm picking Eric Portillo. That is a very good take. I I take that is a good take. That is a god tier take. Never had a bad oh. take. That's a bad take right there. That's my, that's my tag. <laughs> that's that's actually my tagline. I'm I'm, I'm making that my. Are we not gonna right? bring up the whole Charlie Combs debacle last year? What wasn't that you? That I th- I said something about him being short. That is yeah. height. <laughs> yeah. I called him short or something like that, but um, that was that, I would have still loved to any see any team in scoring. The Jacob Sidson Charlie like Combs goals. fight. I would have loved matter. to see it. Doesn't matter. He still led the team in yep. scoring. He had like six goals last year, that year. We're moving on, though. So, anyways, a little bit out of order, but Jacob, you got a little projected lineup with what the roster looks like right now. Obviously, the roster's not going to look like that next year, but do you want to go ahead and just ring that off right now? Yeah, just sure. Just for fun. Just, yeah, just for I the mean, narrative. It, you know? it can give a good kind of um, picture as to yes. what the lineup's looking for, so that way, yeah, the people at home, too, can know exactly what we mean when we're talking about those transfer portal targets and all that. Um as far as you know, what need, what holes need to be filled, uh, and guys coming in, what should they be looking for? Um, so, the top two lines are going to remain pretty much unchanged. Uh, 
I'm just using what they would have been when Lewandowski was hurt. Um, so top line, I'm having uh, Jesse Tucker centering Eric Middendorf and Jeremy Davidson. Um, second line is going to be the same, what Cam called the grease ball line of Tanner Kelly, Josh Nodler, and Jagger Joshua. Um, the third, and f- the bottom six is where uh, things get a little bit shuffling or start to shuffle around a little bit and where I start getting my own concerns. Um, I have Nico Mueller, Christoph Papp, and AJ Hodges. Um, on the third line of my fourth line is Kyle Haskins, Daniel Russell, and Tiernan Shouty. Uh, granted the fact that two of those are freshmen, those, those lines can also switch around a lot. Actually, that's a lie. Now that I think about it, I forgot to update this. Yeah, Gavin um, Best and Jalen. Yeah. I have a, I'm, re- I'm looking at the wrong one, I think. Um, okay. but yeah, so that this one, this lined up does not include, um, Justin Jalen or in, Gavin Best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jalen or Best. I'd probably slot, uh, Jalen on the third line, move maybe yeah. one of the freshmen up, um, to the third. And then, yeah, you can play around with that, with that as is. Um, just given the statuses of Berger and Griffin Lochran, or Christian Ber- or Chris Berger and Griffin Lochran, I still don't know what those are. Um, so I'm not including them in the lineup right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The, the lineups I had, the third, the bottom six was Best, Pap, and Jalen. And I had on the there third. we go. I and like then that I had, one. And then I had Hodges, Shouty, and Russell on the fourth. So that's where I'm at, though. Solid. So that was just just for fun. It is not going to look like that yeah, at all. Off, and then off, right? I mean, we already talked about the back end too. I had Gucciardi, Bezgal, oh yeah, Neenhouse, Connor, and then Dibus and somebody, uh, and then Charleston Moore at the goalies. That's just current. That's just current. Um, with what MSU's got right now. Yeah. With MSU's got once again, uh, there's going to be filled in with people. Obviously, um, I have it written down as just three question marks being Cal Dibus's um, defensive partner, um, and. I, there might be people moving off this list as well. Um, once again, there are people coming in. People could people could leave. Uh, it just depends. We don't know. Yeah, I would see like if MSU does hit the home run against Dashkey, I would definitely see him paired up with Dibas or something like that. But I would put him honestly, uh, probably Neenhouse. We might what would be like my ideal defensive partner for him. True. Okay, so hey, that's that's it with that stuff. Uh, there is one more thing to update though. Although we did crown the winner last week and officially end all of the the extra picks in the pickums, Jacob did win the 2021-2022 Behind the Mask Pickums segment. Congratulations, yes, again, sir. Jacob. We don't need to celebrate it anymore. Okay, anyways. But Jacob finished in first with 70. Because of the Big Ten tournament that did not finish last week's ep- or before last week's episode, Michigan and Minnesota still needed to play in the finals. Because of that, and because of me doubling down on Michigan and Cam doubling down on Minnesota, actually, I didn't even take the points away from you, Cam. But uh, Jacob got 70. I will gladly say I finished in second with 60. And then Cam, I think you actually had 43 because I forgot to take six points away from you. I blame Merrifield. <laughs> so that uh, how, is... how is this kid whose allegiances switched oh by the day? How, how do we let him... The Indianapolis Colts slash Tampa Bay Rays slash San Jose, San Jose Sharks. Sharks fan pick for me. And we're gonna, you guys are gonna get to hear a lot about him more la- more next season because he'll be here. Disgusting. But anyways, pickups are done. Our season's done. Uh, this is kind of technically the end of season ten because we don't know if we'll make another episode. But with everything going on, with all the the portal work to be done, we might have an epilogue episode. We might. Episode yeah, we might, we might oh, have yeah. like a midsummer, mid a mid something. So check our socials. With my keep looking at this page. We'll be, uh, we'll be live from. Uh, we'll, we'll do an episode from live from Cancun. Cancun. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We both <laughs> Cancun <laughs> being like western shores of or eastern shores of Lake Michigan. Like it's, up north Michigan. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> just going to be an apartment. My apartment in East Lansing. That might be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be up here too. But yeah. You know. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up. We got some stuff to do. Thank you guys so much for listening to maybe the last episode of season ten. Maybe Cam's the last episode. Oh shoot. Regardless, though. Um, you'll be back on. We'll make you we'll, come we'll back see. next year. Well, we'll r- regardless, though, even then, as far as content goes, e- um, even if there are um, no true podcasts, so to speak, um, regarding the whole transfer and portal and all the craziness going on with that, I will be. Uh, w- there'll be some written stuff coming. Um, once again, I'm still working on that one transfer piece um, on p- targets I like in the portal right now. Um. Might be out by the time this podcast is up, so check it out on Impact. Yes. And then, once again, um, I'm probably going to crank out a few more things, too. 
once that comes around, like once we get a better look at what the roster is going to shape up like next year, I'll probably do like a good piece or two. Yeah. Going the, going a little more in depth in that kind of stuff. The regard. content will keep spewing out. If you want to keep updated on all that content, uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, once again, um, that's where I, I tweet. Uh, you can find everything I write out there, um, including St. Louis Blues replies to your tweets. Yes. Yes. Um, that was a, man. That was a thing that happened yesterday. Br- random side story for context people that don't follow me on Twitter which why aren't you um I retweeted this one thing yesterday uh while I was at the gym I <laughs> um this random tweet let me find it exactly um quote tweeted somebody I, I, I quote yeah. tweeted somebody else it said we should replace all the goal horns in the NHL with the intro to live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin which wholeheartedly endorsed so i just but, but goal horns but like live in la vida loca you can't tell me that wouldn't slap i mean it does yeah exactly uh so i just quote tweeted that tag the blues and they just told me they consider it <laughs> which that was so it's, it's confirmed for next season Big man. <laughs> so but regardless go you got for, the social media gloria. presence <laughs> i do got the social media presence don't play gloria i'm play also gloria. Uh, gloria got retired after the cup season yeah um but regardless um oh, go yeah. follow me on twitter um for the for that kind of content um and my keeping updated on my articles and all that as well uh once again it's jacob f stinson so yeah hey you. follow me on twitter at R-Y-A-N-R-A-D-O-S-E-V-I-C-H. You can't be on a, just, just go ahead. At the end of the season, why yeah. not? Uh, you know, follow me for all weird things. Uh, possibly MSU football next season. Possibly some more Ooh. breaking transfer portal news. Maybe. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking up over here. It's my last step. But... No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, just give me a follow at, uh, on Twitter at Cam underscore mclaren that's m-c-c-l-a-r-r-e-n and yeah you know transfer portal the grind doesn't stop so it does not get all give all three of us a fall always check the impact website we're always cranking something out even when we're not we are well, <laughs> Wait. the beat ne- the beat never sleeps the hockey beat never sleeps the beat don't stop but um but um but um Regardless, yeah. yeah, we're we're wrapping it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this whole entire season. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode too. I'm Robin Joseph, joined alongside Jacob and Cam. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out. <laughs>